back walking and reading and talking. And ahead of me, in Wanderlust, The History of Walking by Rebecca Solnit, I see not only Kierkegaard, maybe the last remnants of Kierkegaard, but Diogenes and George Orwell. At least those people are, surnames are highlighted in section four, The Missing Subject. And here's what Rebecca has to say. And by the way, I am walking in a wood with a dog. The wood is called Moanborn Wood. In the early 20th century, a philosopher actually addressed walking directly as something central to his intellectual project. Of course, walking had been an example earlier. Kierkegaard liked to cite Diogenes. When the ecclesiastics denied motion, Diogenes, as everyone knows, came forward as an opponent. He literally did come forward because he did not say a word but merely paced back and forth a few times, thereby amuse, assuming he had sufficiently refuted them. That's Kierkegaard. The phenomenologist Edmund Husserl described walking as the experience by which we understand our body in relation to the world in his 1931 essay The World of the Press of the Living Present and the Constitution of the Surrounding World Eternal to the Organism. The body, he said, is our experience of what is always here. And the body in motion experiences the unity of all its parts as the continuous here that moves towards and through the various theirs. That is to say, it is the body that moves, but the world that changes, which is how one distinguishes the one from the other. Travel can be a way to experience this continuity of self amid the flux of the world and thus to begin to understand each and their relationship to each other. Husserl's proposal differs from earlier speculations on how a person experiences the world in its emphasis on the act of walking rather than on the senses and the mind. Still, this is slim pickings. One would expect that postmodern theory would have much to say about walking, given that mobility and corporality have been among its major themes. And when corporality gets mobile, it walks. Much contemporary theory was born out of feminism's protest at the way earlier theory universalized the very specific experience of being male and sometimes of being white and privileged. Feminism and postmodernism both emphasize that the specifics of one's bodily experience and location shape one's intellectual perspective. The old ideas of objectivity as speaking from nowhere, speaking while transcending the particularities, the particulars of body and place, was laid to rest. 
Everything came from position, and every position was political. And as George Orwell remarked much earlier, the opinion that art should not be political is in itself a political opinion. I like that. The opinion that art should not be political is itself a political opinion. And I think this makes me think of Robin Milne, the painter in California, whose series, whose series of paintings, The Refu Refugees, has so grabbed my interest and attracted me. Rebecca goes on, but while dismantling this false universal by emphasizing the role of the ethnic and gendered body in consciousness, these thinkers have apparently generalized what it means to be corporeal and human from their own specific experience or experiences or inexperience or inexperience or inexperience as bodies that apparently lead a largely passive existence in highly insulated circumstances. The, <laughs> that's like the disembodied philosopher who occupies some sort of high moral place known as knowledge land they're my they're my uh, they're my my words Rebecca goes on the body described again and again in postmodernist theory does not suffer under the elements encounter other species experience primal fear or much in the way of exhilaration or strain its muscles to the utmost in some it doesn't engage in physical activity endeavor or spend time out of doors. The very term the body, so often used by postmodernists, seems to speak of a passive object. And that body appears most often laid out upon the examining table or in a bed. A medical and sexual phenomenon. It is a sight of sensations, processes and desires rather than a source of action and production. Having been liberated from manual labour and located in the sensory deprivation chambers of apartments and offices this body has nothing left but the erotic as a residue of what it means to be embodied. Which is not to disparage sex and the erotic as fascinating and profound and relevant to walking's history as we shall see. Only to propose that they are so emphasised because other aspects of being embodied have atrophied for many people. I'm looking forward to the section on walking and sex, I tell you. The body presented to us in these hundreds of volumes and essays, this passive body for which sexuality and biological function are the only signs of life, is in fact not the universal human body, but the white-collar urban body, or rather a theoretical body that can't even be theirs 
since even minor physical exertions never appear. This body described in theory never even aches from hauling the complete works of Kierkegaard across campus. Quote, If the body is a metaphor for our locatedness in space and time, and thus for the finitude of human perception and knowledge, then the postmodern body is no body at all, writes Susan Bordeaux, one feminist theory at odds with this version of embodiment. Travel, the other great theme of modern of recent postmodernist theory, is about being utterly mobile. The one has failed to modify the other, and we seem to be reading about the postmodern body shunted around by shuttled <laughs> around by airplanes and hurtling cars or even moving around by no apparent means muscular, mechanical, economic or ecological. The body is nothing more than a parcel in transit, a chess piece dropped on another square. It does not move, but is moved. In a sense, these are problems arising from the level of abstraction of contemporary theory. Hmm. Much of the terminology of location and mobility, words like nomad, decentered, marginalized, demoralized, no, de- 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 ter- territorialized, bored or migrant and exile, are not attached to specific places and people. They represent instead ideas of rootedness and flux that seem as much the result of the ungrounded theory as its putative subject. Even in these endeavours, to come to terms with the tangible world of bodies and motion, abstraction dematerialises them again. The words themselves seem to move freely and creatively unburdened by the responsibilities of specific description. Unburdened by the responsibilities of specific description. Ooh la la, ooh la la, says Paul, as if he stumbled upon a lovely flavour of ice cream. Only in maverick writings does the body become active. In Elaine Shari's magisterial book, the body in pain, the unmaking and making of the world, she considers first. Oh, I have a little interruption here. Here, Louis, come in, come in, come here. We have encountered a person and their dog while walking in the wood. Such an encounter could lead anywhere. Come, come, doggy. We must walk forward. Hello. How are you? Very well. We're sussing each other out. They are, and uh, why not? 
One's tail is wagging, the other one is paw is unsure. Yeah. Well, let them say Do you want to say hello? To yeah. Oopsie Daisy. Mm. Mm. You're not bothered. Yeah, you this fella bothered. almost wants to avoid saying hello. Yeah. Oh, well. oh I don't know why. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> good, good day. Ah. Whatever. Whatever. Now, Louis, what would Rebecca say to that? Right, on we go. End of the chapter. Elaine Shari's magisterial book, The Body and Pain, The Unmaking and Making of the World, she considers first how torture describes the conscious world, how torture destroys the conscious world of its subjects, then theorizes how creative efforts, making both stories and objects, construct the world. She describes tools and manufactured objects as extensions of the body into the world and thus ways of knowing it. Scary documents how the tools become more and more detached from the body itself until the digging stick that extends the arm becomes a backhoe that replaces the body. Though she never discusses walking directly, her work suggests philosophical approaches to the subject. Walking returns to the bo- returns the body to its original limits again, to something supple, sensitive, and vulnerable. But walking itself extends into the world, as do those tools that augment the body. The path I'm walking on is an extension of walking. The places set aside for walking are monuments to that pursuit. I've just come to a crossroad. Well, it's not a crossroad. It's a junction of three roads. Let's go on. Thus, no, the path is an extension of walking. The places set aside for walking are monuments to that pursuit. And walking is a mode of making the world as well as being in it. Thus the walking body can be traced in the places it has made. Paths, parks, and sidewalks are traces of the acting house of imagination and desire. Walking sticks, shoes, maps, canteens, and backpacks are further material results of that desire. Walking shares with making and working, that crucial element of engagement of the body and the mind with the world, of knowing the world through the body and the body through the world. End of chapter two. I've got to read that last sentence again. Walking shares with making and working, that crucial element of engagement of the body and the mind with the world of knowing the world through the body and the body through the world.
Oh, and I've only got to page 29. Well, there we are. Rebecca, I didn't know when I started to read you that you were famous. For all I know, this could have almost been your only book. I never heard your name mentioned in any in any conversation I've ever had. Perhaps that's because I'm not a huge walker. I'm not one of these people who goes walking every weekend, like my friend Owen, who goes climbing mountains and crossing streams and <sighs> moving down the valley. No, I'm a sedentary walker. One who has walked in imagination. And in that sense I am, or have been, a disembodied walker who has recently been experiencing a bodied walker with ropey knees and shortness of breath. The knees, the arms, the head, the lungs, all, all, all involved, engaged, and all experiencing consequences from the art of walking.